0: Hey everybody, welcome. This is going to be the first episode of the podcast for the Anxious Mammal. Some of you may be familiar with the website already. Um, I post free resources, videos, articles um, that I write or find various worksheets, interventions, things like that to assist those who are dealing with anxiety, trauma, sleep issues, ADHD, and various other mental health related concerns. Um, my name is Keith, I am a licensed clinical social worker um, and I am a certified clinical trauma professional and certified in anxiety treatment and certified in ADHD as well <clears throat> and I have experience with substance use in many other areas, schizophrenia, things like that. Um, but my main focus is on trauma and I work as a private clinician for a nonprofit organization uh, five days a week. And I enjoy doing it and I like to provide further support for those who may not be able to access that care by providing this free content on my website as well as now the podcast, excuse me. So um, what I want to do and plan to do is that every two to four weeks, I'm gonna try and see what interval I can keep. I want to post a podcast on a different topic related to mental health. These topics will include numerous things. I couldn't even list them to start with because I don't know where I'm going to go with it. But we're going to start with trauma today. And there will be topics on many different things. Anxiety, depression, ADHD, supplements, sleep, medication, therapy, and access. um, Many other topics. So if you have any questions or concerns and you want to reach out to me, You can absolutely comment or reach out on my pod page, The Anxious Mammal. But the best way to get in touch with me and to access all of the free content is to go to the web page. The main web page is www.theanxiousmammal.com. And we will actually be having a discussion on where that name came from. um, So that you guys can see that it actually has a meaning to it and it's a concept that i believe in and share with the people that i work with to help them understand some of the struggles that they go through on a daily basis but today i would like to talk about the roots of anxiety and a little bit on trauma we will have another discussion where i will get into very um you know into detail on trauma where it comes from how it impacts the mind body But we're going to start with anxiety and just kind of peek into trauma, and we'll get more in detail later on with some of the other uh, podcasts. So for this introductory podcast, we're going to be talking about anxiety, where it comes from, why it happens, what you're feeling and why, and what you can do about it. So please stick around, and I hope that the content will be useful for you. So first we want to talk about what anxiety is and look into where it comes from and why you experience what you do in the mind and in the body and then what we can do about it. So anxiety is something that comes from perception. It's a defense mechanism that was instilled in us when we were created by whatever means you believe in. It doesn't matter but when we came to be. Our brains were developed with something called the amygdala. This is a little small part of our brain that is located in the limbic system in the middle part of the brain and its main and only job is to take information coming in from the external world through our sensory uh, inputs which is see, hear, touch, taste and smell and determine if this information is informing us of a threat. So, if the information comes in and the amygdala decides that this information determines this is a threat, then we can be activated into the fight or flight response or into the anxiety response. If the amygdala, with some help of the frontal lobe, which comes in with logic, determines that this is not a threat, the information is filed if useful, and whatever information is not useful is discarded, and the amygdala is, you know, heads off, goes back to sleep and we do not have the anxiety response. So if there is a lion standing in front of you, we'll use that as our analogy, you would become anxious as you had these different sensations coming in. Obviously sight um, and other things can be included, smell, sound, touch, it just depends on the situation, but you're able to register that there is a lion in front of you. That information comes into your amygdala, your amygdala then communicate, or your amygdala is then interacted with by the frontal lobe which is where the logic centers of the brain are to evaluate the information and the logic centers can then dampen or enhance the signal so in this case the logic centers say that's a lion i know what a lion is because i've learned about that before i looked into my files which is my memory and i have a picture of a lion i have information on a lion and i know that a lion loose is something that can end my life so therefore my life is in danger So I will enhance the signal with the amygdala. So the amygdala then triggers the release, well, it incorporates various parts of the brain and then eventually the body to trigger a release of different chemicals and um, hormones and things such as adrenaline, norepinephrine, and cortisol, which you'll learn more about later. So these chemicals are released, and these chemicals are what start the entire anxiety process, the process that you're familiar with. The fast heart rate, the lungs expanding, and you breathing more shallow and quickly. You know, uh, maybe feeling clammy or cold in the hands and feet, sweating, shaky, um, even feeling warmth in some of your muscles, tension, feeling like you have tunnel vision. Maybe some people experience issues with their stomach, and we'll talk about that as well. These all have a point. They all help for survival. So if there's a lion in front of you. And your brain determines that it is a threat. And then this cocktail of chemicals is then triggered to release into your body. The body is basically being told to shift the nervous system over towards what's called the sympathetic nervous system. So you, for the purposes of this discussion, we want to know about the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system the sympathetic nervous system we can think of as the hot system or the activated anxious system the parasympathetic nervous system we think of as the calm cold or relaxed system which is where you're able to be in a calm state and aware and everything's operating kind of at homeostasis so when the brain perceives this and releases the chemicals that triggers the body to have all of these responses which shift your nervous system towards the sympathetic side and as a result there's a bunch of neurons being you know transferred and communicating with the body to begin all kinds of processes so let's look at these when you're anxious first off when you're overly anxious in a in a fight-or-flight response which we would be at this point because we saw the lion we acknowledged it and now we're acting the frontal lobe becomes inaccessible, essentially. So logic is not really something that you can utilize in that moment. You're gonna be overrun by the automatic fight or flight responses or the limbic system, which is emotions. So emotions are going to take control in this situation, not logic. And you can also eventually end up in what's called the freeze response if you are overly stimulated and your brain determines basically that you cannot fight off the threat and you cannot run from the threat. We'll talk about that too. That's an evolutionary response. But right now we're going to stick with the fight or flight process of the fight, flight, or freeze response. So now your heart rate starts to increase. This is because first off your blood vessels constrict, which means they get smaller. So your your heart has to work harder to push blood through smaller tunnels. Also your heart is trying to pump the blood quickly to required parts of your body like muscles to load you up with explosive energy to fight or flight from this lion so your heart is having to redirect blood quickly through smaller tunnels one of the reasons why your blood vessels constrict is is also a protective measure so if you get hurt bit cut in this case you will not bleed out so fast so you have longer to kind of either survive to fight or flight Your blood is redirected to your muscles because you need these for explosive energy to fight or flight from this threat so that means that the blood is rerouted from other non-essential operations such as your digestive system or the sexual organs because obviously if there's a lion in front of us we don't need to sit down and eat a sandwich and we don't need to be looking at who we want to uh, go to bed with we need to run and we need to fight and all resources need to be generated towards that So, the lungs then, you begin breathing rapidly, you begin breathing shallow, you'll start to feel like you're breathing in your chest rather than down towards your stomach where your diaphragm is. The lungs become the primary source of oxygen inhalation, the diaphragm is ignored, and you start to speed up because partly the adrenaline is speeding everything up, but your lungs are trying to pull in oxygen as fast as possible because Oxygen is fuel to move the blood and also to fuel your muscles again for explosive energy to fight or flight You will start to feel shaky This is because adrenaline has been released in your body to heighten all of your human abilities. So it basically is Getting you as close to a superhero as possible so that you can fight or flight from this lion The muscles can become stiff tense because they're being engorged with blood and energy They're being prepared for again explosive energy fight or flight You become shaky from the adrenaline as well. You also might begin to sweat when you're anxious. This is because your core temperature is rising due to the increase in energy from the adrenaline and everything else. So your body activates the sweat glands to cool you down to protect you from overheating. Sometimes people will report that they feel clammy or cold in their hands or feet. This is likely because the blood has been shifted rapidly and so they're feeling temperature changes going on in their extremities. Sometimes people will experience tunnel vision. This is because the lion is in front of you. All attention needs to be on that lion. You don't need to know what's going on in your peripherals. You need to have all of your energy focused on this threat to your life in that moment. So brain senses incoming information as threatening through the amygdala, the logic centers in the frontal lobe. Uh, agree and heighten the signal in a normal anxiety response, not an anxiety attack or a panic attack or a trauma response. That's different and we'll talk about that later. Once that's determined, a myriad of cocktails are released into your body which triggers your nervous system to shift to one side and this triggers a bunch of operations in the body to um, turn on or speed up in order to prepare you to maximize your ability to fight off threat to your life or escape a threat to your life so everything that happens happens for a reason for you to survive and is useful if there is a lion in front of you I'm sure there's somebody out there asking okay well what about when I'm in the grocery store and I start to feel like that there's no lions in the grocery store most likely so why am I feeling like there's a lion there that is because your brain is perceiving a threat This is when you're dealing with anxiety issues, trauma issues, things like that. So for some reason, your brain is perceiving that you are in danger in that moment that you feel anxiety. Now, one of the complications here is that our brain is not very good at understanding the difference between a threat to life and a threat to social ability, which means You open the door and there's a lion in front of you you will have the experience that we just discussed also some of you can relate with this many of you should be able to relate with this i know i can you go out and your car doesn't start and you're going to be late to work and you're afraid you're going to lose your job you check the mail and you have a bill for ten thousand dollars that you didn't know about and it's gone to collections or you open the door and there's a man there that hands you an eviction notice saying you will be out by tomorrow and by the way you're thirty thousand dollars in debt you will pay that tomorrow or go to jail You will have the same response from that interaction with that man as you did when you opened the door and there's a lion there that doesn't work though. You can't run or fight the fact that you're being evicted or that you owe money. Now you can fight it in court. I get that, but you can't fight this threat off because it's not a threat to your life. It's a threat to your social life. It is not a threat to your actual life. So therefore, increased heart rate, increased explosive energy, increased oxygen intake, decrease in logic ability, and response to fight or flight is not gonna be useful. Punching that guy in the face or slamming the door and running in your room and hiding under the bed, not gonna make the problem go away because it's not a lion, it's a social threat, not a life threat. So this is an inappropriate response to that situation. So you are dealing with anxiety Or trauma that is not appropriate and it is an issue that has to be dealt with okay our brains have evolved as animals so here comes the anxious mammal thing when we were created we were created as simple creatures as we developed we evolved as animals mammals but then we began to evolve as social creatures which we're just gonna say humans So we are animals and we are humans. That's where the name comes from, the anxious mammal. We are anxious mammals, literally, because we live in a society close together. We live in 30 story buildings with people stacked on top of us. You walk by 300 people a day, you don't know who are strangers who could technically attack you if they wanted to, because you don't know them. Planes flying overhead, pieces of metal driving fast by you, cops with guns, people with guns, dogs off of leashes, loud bangs and noises. We are constantly being overloaded with possible threats to our amygdala, which means a lot of people deal with a lot of anxiety because of all of this incoming information that is flooding their brain with possible threats. Now, people who have anxiety disorders who are, have a trauma past, they are more susceptible to it. Their brain has been trained to look for these things even more. Your amygdala, that piece of your brain that looks for threat, can literally enlarge in physical size within your brain, the more trauma you experience. So it gets better at looking for reasons to be afraid. What happens is the body is now dysregulated. The mind is now dysregulated and you need to do something about it. You cannot just sit with anxiety and wait for it to pass. Otherwise, you're practicing being anxious in various social situations. If you practice something over and over, your brain and your body begin to get better at it. So you will get better at being anxious when you drive that car on the freeway, better at being anxious when you have to walk outside of your house, better at being anxious when you have to be in a group of people. Therefore, you need to disrupt this automatic process that is inappropriate so that you can begin to instill a new belief system, a new behavior. Just like when you go to your car, you get in the car, the first thing that you do, what you better be doing, is putting your seatbelt on. You don't think about it you don't plan to you don't walk to the car and think i want to get in i'm gonna put my seatbelt on you just do it you don't even usually have a remember you don't even remember if somebody said were you wearing your seatbelt you'll say yes but you don't even necessarily probably remember that you just know you did because you always do because when you were little you were told to put it on by your parents or else you'll fly out the car your head will pop off and then you know this horrible gore story or maybe that was just me and then eventually you started remembering to put it on yourself and then it became An instinctual thing. You just did it automatically. Your brain learned car seatbelt safety. You can learn that with your environment as well. So you can unlearn fear to a degree, okay? It takes a lot of time, and it's harder to unlearn a behavior to replace it with a new one than it is to learn one from scratch. So not easy to do. Easy in concept, difficult in process. It's an ongoing thing that you have to work on. The way that you can do this Well, there's multiple ways. First off, you want to acknowledge that you're anxious. That's number one. You need to acknowledge it. I know that sounds obvious, but some people, they just accept that, that it's there or they don't even notice it because they're so used to being anxious that they just accept it without even necessarily knowing it. So you'll be walking around, you'll get to the end of the day and then you'll sit down on your couch and go, oh my God, I'm tense and my shoulders are lifted all the way up to my ears. Well, your shoulders have been lifting and tightening all day. We just weren't noticing the signs because we weren't being mindful, we weren't being aware of the situation or we were just used to feeling that way. So you need to acknowledge it first, then you challenge it. You need to identify the situation and understand there's no lie in here. My car won't start, I'm gonna be late for work. If I start getting overwhelmed with my emotion response and I don't have logic, I'm not gonna be able to problem solve How do I get to work? How do I decrease the negative impact of this situation? Because if you were able to stop and think rather than be emotional, which is not that you're choosing to be emotional, it's your response, your fear response. But if you're able to acknowledge that you're becoming into the, you're getting into the fight or flight mode, you're able to look around and say, there's no threat to my life right now. It doesn't do me any good to be building up all this energy to try and fight something or to run from something. I can't fight this I can't run from this I have to deal with it and the best way to deal with it is logic so if you stay in your logic mind you're able to identify I can call my work and let them know I'm running late and let them know why I can call a taxi Lyft or uber I can call a friend there's all kinds of options that you can consider in that situation right I'm not saying that there is one that will work I don't know what your life looks like but I'm saying that there are options but there's none if you're caught in your emotional panic mind so You notice it, you interrupt it and challenge it so that you break that cycle and start practicing a new behavior. And then the last two is regulate the mind, regulate the body. To regulate the body, you wanna do things that directly tell the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. They directly tell your nervous system to shift, which means if I practice controlled, regulated, slow, deep breathing, that will signal to my nervous system that it needs to shift. If I practice calculated muscle relaxation techniques, that will inform my nervous system to shift. And then the body communicates through another part of your nervous system that goes up through the spine into the brainstem and into the brain. So the body will then communicate back to the brain that, Hey, I'm actually okay in this situation. You can turn off the alarm and then the brain can start to see more clearly that this may not be a life-threat situation and as the brain starts to calm within the limbic system the emotional centers the amygdala the frontal lobe logic is allowed to come back into the room and start looking at the information and start to help you have a discussion and inform what possibilities you have in front of you to solve this situation now That's not how you do the mind though. We just talked about how to take care of the body. You do a breathing technique, you do a muscle relaxation technique. Those are on the website. There's something called four by four breathing, which is very simple to remember. You simply breathe in through your nose as you count to four, you hold your breath as you count to four, you breathe out through your mouth as you count to four, and you do that four times. That's it. Then for the body, the other thing you can do is regulate the muscle tension, a really simple one, Um, there's a technique that uh, Eric Gentry he is part of forward-facing trauma therapy which is very useful and he had something that he called quote wet noodle and it's a funny name because he wanted to represent like a spaghetti noodle when you're cooking pasta and you have a little spaghetti noodle it's just this limp little you know noodle so you can use this noodle technique and all you got to do is taking a big deep breath as big as you can and as you do you're tensing your entire body you're closing your hands to a fist you're pulling your shoulders in you're clenching your uh, arms in flexing your biceps and you're basically pulling yourself in to a tight as a ball as you can as you breathe in and then you hold your breath for a few seconds and then when you go to release your breath you let your entire body collapse you put no effort Into holding up any tension in your muscles you let your entire body collapse like jello or as we said noodle obviously you want to be sitting or stand or not standing you want to be sitting or laying for this if you're standing you're gonna have some other problems on on your hands now you have told your body and told your nervous system to shift through the body okay and that's communicated to the mind but that's not gonna be enough all right so now last step you have to address the mind when you have a perceived threat it's because you are in your mind and you are making up all of these hypothetical scenarios that could happen that are terrible so you need to get out of your head if your awareness is not on the present moment it automatically defaults goes back into your mind and the only thing in your mind is future ex- which can mean future unknowns and future negative possibilities or past events which can create depression frustration etc there's nothing good in there for you especially in those moments so you have to ground yourself in the present moment which is safe you do this by engaging your senses see hear, touch taste smell there's numerous ways to practice engaging yourself in the present moment through different mindfulness techniques the, one of the easier ones is something called 54321. And you don't have to do this whole process, but essentially, you can if you want to. Notice five things you see, four things you hear, three things you smell, two things you touch, and you can do one thing you taste. Or you can do one thing you see, then something you hear, then something you smell, whatever you need for however long you need it in order to feel like you are back in control of your mind and body so for example if I'm outside of my car won't start I might look at something in my car there's a bag on the ground in the front seat it's a blue bag it's a duffel bag there's some zippers on it the zippers are black even though the bag is blue one of the zippers is partly open it looks like one of the zippers might be even be broken I think there's something in there there's some something white behind where the zippers open I'm not sure if that's like a shirt or something it looks like it's pretty full so it's probably kind of heavy one of the handles is starting to fray so you might be asking why in the hell is he describing this duffel bag in such stupid detail well because i'm not able to think about all these threats because i'm too busy using all of my attention focused on that bag that's sitting in the car in the present moment which is safe so that gets you out of your head from all the scenarios that you're thinking like my boss is gonna fire me my boss is gonna kill me my car is gonna explode or whatever else that your mind's going to because your mind is gonna go to the negative. It's trained to do that, because it's a survival technique. We need to notice the things that are threatening to survive. We don't need to notice the things that are positive. Those don't help us survive. You need to remember that last time that that person mugged you. You don't need to remember the last time you went to Disneyland, okay? Negative memories stick around longer, louder, brighter, because they inform us of how to respond in the future should we experience a similar situation it is a survival technique that our brain is instilled in okay so <clears throat> using those four steps you can begin to decrease the amount of anxiety that you're experiencing so that you are not in that over regulated response or you cannot use logic and cannot think when you feel overwhelmed by anxiety when you feel afraid or panicked in situations that you think are not that big of a deal, or if you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you go into an anxiety response, your brain every time has perceived that your life is in danger, whether because there is a lion or a gun or a car, you know, raging towards you and you are in danger, there's a social event occurring that makes you uncomfortable and. It threatens your social life, but not your human life. That is a perceived threat, which triggers the anxiety. Or because you have past trauma and you have been triggered because your brain has made a connection with something in the environment that you can sense, something you can see, hear, touch, taste, or smell has connected to a trauma memory that you have stuck in your brain and it has activated it. And your brain is now feeling as though that trauma event is happening again or is possible again. We will get into that later because that is a pretty complicated process and that's its own discussion. And I don't want to talk your ear off for this first session. So this is going to be the end of our initial one. If you would like more information on anxiety, anxiety attacks, anxiety situations, then you can go to the website www.theanxiousmammal.com. There's tons of resources on there. If you look at the resource tab at the top, hover over it or click on it, and then you can select Trauma Anxiety section, and there are plenty of resources, videos, all kinds of things on there that you can access for free, and they will help you further understand anxiety. There's also many articles on my blog that are anywhere from simple to some very lengthy, more complicated articles that you can get to if you would like, and you may feel free to contact me through the page With any questions that you might have any feedback comments or if you just want to yell obscenities at me if it makes you feel better go for it so my name is keith this is the anxious mammal episode one and i hope to return for episode two soon